feels tonight because we felt good and we've had a good Sunday night. That's not a, that's not something, amen. It's something to be excited about, but it's something that ought to drive us forward, amen. I don't want to look back and say what did God do for us, amen. I want to tonight. I want to look forward and what's God going to do for us coming this way forward, amen. So let's get behind the preach word, amen. If you feel things getting tight, just understand the devil don't like what's going on. Just put your plow down, amen. Let's stand on our feet. Let's praise God. Let's just get behind the preacher, amen. Let's just worship the Lord tonight as the preaching comes forth, amen. Let's not, hey, let's just get behind the word tonight, amen. Amen. Let's say it together tonight, amen. Brother Jones preached to me. Let's say it together. Brother Jones preached to me. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. How many glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? I'm just grateful for one more opportunity to be able to stand in the presence of the Lord and to worship God with uh, good people of God. And uh, tonight I come expecting some great things to take place. Amen. Amen. Uh, excuse me if I'm not all... Uh, vibrant and climbing all over things tonight. I haven't felt the best today, uh, but I was talking with uh, a couple earlier before church, and uh, they were asking how I was feeling, and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good right now. Uh, I've I called a few people to pray today, and uh, and uh, the devil. I'm gonna tell you something. The devil's mad. The devil's mad, but I've got news for the devil. I'm glad. I'm just curious, is there some apostolics in the building tonight that's glad that the devil's mad? Because obviously we're doing something right. I said, obviously we're doing something right. Oh, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 When the devil begins to fight, when the devil begins to hit... And to target the men of God and the saints of God, we're obviously hitting somewhere that he that he's been playing and he's been too, he's been comfortable with. So I'm I'm glad that we've got the devil out of his comfort zone because now he don't know what move's going to come next. And I want to keep it that way. How many how many of you tonight at New Life Pentecostal Church want to keep it that way? I don't want the devil knowing where I'm going next. If I can keep him tricked, if I can keep him uh, trying to figure out where I'm going, that's good. That's where I want him to be. I want him to have to figure out where I'm going next. Because it, it was never meant for him to know where we are. It was never meant for him to understand and know everything about us. We need to keep him uh, not occupied. But we need to get, keep him confused. Amen. And uh, I'm just excited about what God is going to do in this place tonight. I, I've come with an expectancy tonight. Uh, I, don't, I don't see very many sinners here. But I'm believing that while I'm preaching that some are going to come in from the streets. Well, take it for what you will. But I believe that somebody is going to come in off the street tonight. And is going to want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost. Hey, that spirit draws. I said that spirit draws. Oh, hallelujah. I've heard of stories of them being in church. And, they, and people drive by and the, and the fire department come because there's flames on top of the building. I'm telling you tonight, why don't we just break loose some things. 
and in the spiritual realm, why don't we set a fire so that people in the physical realm can see a blaze on top of the building tonight? Don't tell me it can't happen because I serve a God who's still alive and well. I said I serve a God who's still alive and well. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Thank you to everyone who has blessed me as I have been here for this past week. Uh, you have been grateful. I am grateful for what you have done uh, to everyone that has fed me, chauffeured me around, and just been there to talk to when I need somebody to talk to. Thank you, each and every one of you, for being there. And I have thoroughly enjoyed myself in Kansas. And I believe it's just the beginning of something great. I don't believe this thing's over yet. Amen. God's still in control. God's still doing things. God's still shaping things up. And we're just going to continue to plow on through. We're just going to continue to push our way on through. I have noticed one thing that when the snow is going on, that it, it, it's not very long. Uh, the other afternoon, it was Tuesday, I went out with Brother Merriman and them, and we were uh, out to eat, and it began to snow. And uh, we went to their house, and we sit there for a little while, talked, and had a good time. And when we left, I noticed that the snow plows were already on the road. It didn't take them very long to realize that they have got to get the streets clean for people to travel on. Well, tonight... The Holy Ghost is falling, but there's things in the way that you and I, we don't need to wait around to the next day. We don't need to wait around to the next moment. We need to go ahead and plow on through those things. So that people can travel in and get the Holy Ghost. So that people can come on in and get delivered. So that people can come on in and get set free. I still serve a God who's delivering. I still serve a God who's healing. I still serve a God who's filling those with the Holy Ghost. What an experience we had around here Sunday night. Service was over. I was down eating. We were fellowshipping. And all of a sudden, Brother uh, Brandon comes to me. He says, that girl, she's in the altar praying. And I jumped up out of, from, from my food. I said, you know what? This food can wait. Because there's somebody that needs a touch from God. And I'm telling you, before we left here Sunday night, she was speaking in tongues. And she was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, we're going to see more of that. There's more of that to come. There's more of that to come. I said, there's more of that to come. Don't think it's strange when the backslider comes walking through the back door. Don't think it's strange when the alcoholic comes walking through the back door. Don't you think it's strange when the drug addict comes walking through the back door. I'm telling you that God is still drawing people to a place. And they're hungry for a move of God like they've never had before. Well, the more I stand behind this full pit, the better I get tonight. I'm telling you, I am excited about what God is doing in Kansas. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I'm going to go into the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. Thank you, Pastor Riggin, for allowing me to be here again another week. Uh, man, I'm just excited. That just Sunday night, I, I'm still overwhelmed with joy after what happened Sunday night. There's nothing like seeing somebody filled with the precious Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it, it just does me good to see People who are hungry, they're still being filled. There's still a table prepared for those who are hungry. Amen. 
There's a song that, that, uh, we, that I have heard and has been sung. It's an old congregational. Uh, Come and dine, the master's calling. Come and dine. It, the master's still calling. Yeah. Amen. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. Yeah. Amen. He who fed the multitude and turned the water into wine, he's still in the miracle working business. He's still in the filling business. Amen. Exodus 3 and 7 tonight. And it says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrow, and I am come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land, and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Parasites and the Havites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me. And I have also seen their oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. That thou mayest bring forth my people the children of Israel out of Egypt. Amen. For the next uh, few moments. Uh, I'll try not to be too long tonight. But I want to preach to you on this simple uh, subject. There is a deliverer. There is a deliverer. Amen. Uh, well, I would ask Pastor to pray, but he can't hardly talk tonight. Uh, just pray, help me pray tonight. Lord, we need your divine move in this place, God. We need you to manifest yourself. God, we need you to come in and anoint us tonight, God. Move upon our hearts. Move upon every ear and every heart in this place. Prepare it, God. And use me, God, to speak the words that you would have me uh, speak tonight. Lord, I pray you go before me, behind me, above me, and around me, God. Put the mind of Christ within me that I may speak what your servant, you would have your servant to speak. And we ask you to do all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say amen. 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 Clap your hands one more time before you're seated and shout with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. You can be seated tonight. Hallelujah. The story that I read into your hearing is a story that most of us are familiar with. We like to teach it to our kids about the children of Israel and in the land of the Egyptians. How uh, we know how they got there. Joseph uh, was sold into slavery and uh, eventually was ranked number two in Egypt. And so the children of Israel... Uh, well, Joseph and his father and all their people moved into Goshen, into outside of the Egypt, outside of Egypt, and uh, Joseph died, and Pharaoh died, and so the new Pharaoh didn't, uh, uh, no doubt, know the. Uh, the, the bond that Joseph and the uh, former Pharaoh knew, had. And so uh, the children of Israel began to multiply. And the children of Israel began to grow. And it struck fear in Pharaoh's heart because of the growth and the strength of the Hebrews. And so uh, we see that Pharaoh begins to... Uh, put task upon the Egyptians, I mean upon the Hebrews once they were in freedom and now they are in captivity because of Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh begins to oppress them and Pharaoh begins to uh, 
put things upon them, labor upon them. And they began to do things for Pharaoh. And so the children of Israel being, un- being oppressed and under, uh, being subject to Pharaoh and under captivity of Pharaoh uh, began to cry out unto God. They began to cry aloud. They began to pray and seek God for deliverance. They began to seek God for a change, for something different because they were being bound where they once were not bound. They were being oppressed where they weren't, they once were not oppressed. They were where they once they had friends as Egyptians. Now their Egyptian friends are no longer their friends. They are their taskmasters. And I'm telling you in an hour that we live that there are people under the sound of my voice and outside of these four walls that are once they were free, once they were free to shout and once they were free to lift their hands and worship God. But they found themselves bound by Pharaoh. They found themselves bound by things of Egypt, of things of the world. And they found themselves oppressed by the taskmaster as we know the adversary, the devil. And they find themselves that there's no happiness anymore and there's no peace and satisfaction anymore and I'm telling you that there are people that are crying out for a deliverer It may be a little slow tonight, but that's all right. We're going to go somewhere in this place tonight. There are people in an hour that we live in uh, that they are crying out for a difference. Uh, They're crying out for a change. Uh, And I'm telling you, in an hour that we live in, you and I are the deliverer. You and I are appointed by God uh, to show people that there is hope for them. uh, That there is some peace and satisfaction in the world that they live in. uh, Because there is a God that is still in the world. uh, And he's saying, hey. Come unto me, all of you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm telling you tonight that there is still a God who is sitting on the throne, and He still is alive, and He still is well, and He still is setting people free. He's still setting the captive free. Oh, come on, somebody. Some of you need to stand to your feet and say, God, I want to be your vessel. I want to be used by you. And so we find, hallelujah, that uh, Moses was born in Egypt under the time of slavery or captivity of the Hebrews. And we find that uh, Moses was born in a time where the, the, the Hebrew boys were being killed. They were being done away with, thrown into the river because Pharaoh was scared. I'm telling you, when, when, it's just like the enemy when the saints of God begin to multiply. He just tries to do everything he killed to kill, to kill out the new babies. The new, the new converts, those that are brand new at this, the devil knows just where he can hit them at because they're brand new. They're just now laying away some of the sin. They're just now laying away some of the weights that had beset them before. And the devil knows that if he can entice them, that they're easier to fall. And so just as Pharaoh was killing off the babies in the heat of the Hebrews, so Satan is trying to kill off the new babies and the new converts that come in the house of God. But I'm telling you that in all the killing, in all of the, of the turmoil, and in all of this that's going on, there is going to rise up a deliverer. 
And so Moses was born. He was born. And uh, they, his mother hid him until she couldn't hide him anymore. And so she made up a little basket and uh, she sent him down the river. Well, it just so happens that Pharaoh's daughter was bathing at this time. And she finds this little baby. When God sets something up, it is no mistake. I'm telling you, when God sets you up with somebody to help them, to, uh, to encourage them, it's not by mistake. It's not by happenstance. And so Moses is found by Pharaoh's daughter. And so his sister goes and says, would you like uh, someone to nurse the baby until he's able to grow and to mature? And she said, sure. So his mother got to raise him a few more years. His mother got to implant the things of God in his life just a few more years. And then when the nursing was over and the things were done, he was sent to Pharaoh's house. Sometimes you and I may be sent into the enemy's palace just so that one day we can destroy the very enemy that we once lived with. Some of the sins and the mistakes that you made are not by happenstance. It's so that you can say, hey, I've been there. I know where you're at and I know where you're going to go if you'll just hold on to Jesus. If you'll just hold on a little while. I've been there before. I know how depressing it is and I know how the devil tries to work on your mind. But I'm telling you, if you'll hang on just a little while longer, if you'll hold on to the promises of God, I'm telling you that he'll make a way. He'll make a way where there seemeth to be no way because my God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. I wish somebody could get a hold of what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Your mistakes in your past, they can't be helped. That's something in the past. But you need to learn from that. You need to glean from that. And you need to help somebody who's going through the same mistakes, through the the same ordeal. I'm telling you that you went through it for a reason. And that's to help somebody else be saved. That's to help somebody else make it through the trial, make it through the turmoil, make it through the test. Because you've been there. You can help them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Moses grows up in Pharaoh's palace. He's taught the things of Egypt. He's taught the things of Pharaoh. No, he wasn't an Egyptian. But he was adopted in to Pharaoh's house. God knew what he was doing. The only means sometimes is to, to protect you is to put you where the enemy's at. Sometimes the only way to protect you is to put you through a test so that one day it'll be a testimony. You got people today, they, they want a testimony. They want, to, uh, they want to have something to tell somebody. But they don't want to go through the test, Brother Merriman. They don't want to go through the trial. How are you going to have a testimony if you never go through a test? If you give up when the test comes and you give up when the heat gets turned on, how are you going to have a testimony? How are people going to say that they want a part of what we have if we can't show them that they can make it through the test? Amen? And so Moses grows up and you find that Moses, he slays an Egyptian because the Egyptian was being hard on one of the Hebrews. And... He kills this Egyptian and some of the Hebrews say, Now look what you've done. You've killed your own people. Look what you did. And the Bible says that Pharaoh sought to kill Moses. 
And so Moses runs for his life. And the thing about it is, I find it very, uh, very unique at the place that Moses ran. He ran to the wilderness. It's sometimes in the wilderness is where you have to go for God to, to begin to prepare you. And so Moses finds himself in the desert, in the wilderness. In the, uh, and he, he finds himself there and he finds a wife. And he, he's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. He's doing all the things that he, that he could do to uh, survive in the wilderness. And the thing about it is the Lord was preparing Moses to be a shepherd. In the physical realm. But one day Moses was going to have to be a shepherd to the children of God. And so he had to go to the wilderness to watch after the flock and watch after the sheep and learn the things about the sheep. Learn the traits of, of, the, of the sheep. So that one day when God called him out of the wilderness to be a leader, he knew that he could lead the people. And so Moses finds himself watching and taking care of the sheep. And it's at this point in Moses' life where he encounters a burning bush. And he finds this burning bush or burning tree and it's not being consumed. It's not being uh, uh, burnt away as you will. It's, not, it's just the same. But it's on fire. And so Moses being uh, curious of what's going on. How many of you could see a burning tree and it not going anywhere and it's just remaining the same? How many of you wouldn't be curious? I'd be wanting to know what's going on. I mean, just there's, there's just things in this life that, that they, they do, like computers. There's something on the computers I don't understand. And I just want to understand how, how it works. That's the way Moses was. Moses find him, found himself occupied or preoccupied by this burning bush. And then all of a sudden, the bush begins to talk. Now, I'd have been, I'd have been curious of how the bush was burning. But when it began to talk, I might would have ran. I might would have been a little scared. You know, uh, never seen a bush talk. I don't think I ever want to see one talk. Uh, but that's where Moses was. And the Lord began to speak to Moses in the burning bush, through the burning bush. And he tells Moses, he said, take your shoes off, you're standing on holy ground. And then it says, the Bible says that Moses turned his face away because he did not want to see God. He turned his face away from God. And God begins to speak to Moses and he begins to tell Moses, Moses, I hear the cries of my people. Moses, you remember when you seen those Hebrews and they were under slavery and you were running around free? You were running around doing what you wanted to do because you, your daddy was Pharaoh. Or so you thought. And you could do what you want. And you seen the abuse and you seen the persecution and the oppression that the Hebrews were going through. Alright, Moses... Now I want you to go down there and tell Pharaoh to let his let my people go. But 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 Lord. I believe that's when his speech impediment began to come into place. But 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 Lord. I can't do that. Lord, do you know what you're asking me to do? I can't go to the people that raised me and tell them to let my people go. But the Bible says that Pharaoh had died. And the Lord told, uh, Moses said, The one that sought to take your life is now dead and gone. Now go tell him and I want, you to let, I want them, uh, him to let my people go. And so Moses said, But Lord, I, I can't speak. I have a speaking problem. Lord, what am I supposed to tell him? 
You tell him, I am sent you. Well, Lord, I have a speaking problem. Well, Aaron's going to meet you. And when he meets you, he's going to be happy. And then he's going to be your interpreter. Go, you and Aaron go, and tell Pharaoh, I want you to let my people go. But Lord, the Bible says the Lord got angry with him. Sometimes the Lord tells us to go someplace because you don't know who you might see delivered. You may be the deliverer in their problem. The Lord may be sending you places. And, the, and this is the first thing out of my mouth. But Lord, that's our favorite word, but Lord. I can't. But God would not, have put, would not be telling you to go if He didn't think you were prepared enough to go. If the Lord didn't trust you enough, He wouldn't tell you to go. That's like me being here in Kansas. I said, Lord, here I am, 22 years old, going to preach for a man who could read the Bible without looking at it quicker than I can read it looking at it. <laughs> Lord, a man of many degrees. Lord, that has been in this thing for years. Lord, I am inadequate. Lord, I'm not, I, I, I'm not good enough. And the Lord said, Go. If I didn't trust you, I wouldn't be sending you. I might not be the well, uh, the, the best speaker in the house. And I might not be the best of the best. But I'm telling you that I'm going because God said go. And if God is telling you to go, do not question God. Because eventually you're going to go whether you like it or not. Just go when God first tells you to go. And so Moses, he finds himself back in Egypt. He goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. No, I'm not letting them go. So the plagues come. He goes multiple times to Pharaoh. No, I'm not letting my people go. Okay? Well, the Lord told uh, Moses, he said, go and you paint, paint the blood over the doorpost. And I'm going to send the death angel. And I'm going to take the firstborn of every house that the blood is not applied. And so, the death angel comes and he visits Pharaoh's house. And it's, it's sad to say that it got to this point where Pharaoh had to lose his firstborn in order to let the people of God go. But he did. He let them go. And so they start out on their journey. And they find themselves at the Red Sea. And a lot of times we as individuals, we go and we obey God and we do what God says, but we find ourselves at a sea. We find ourselves at a big problem. Or so we think it's big. In our eyes, it's huge. In our eyes, we can't see possibly the other side because it's so big. But can I remind you that God will not send you there if He didn't think you couldn't cross it. And so they get there. And I, I guess some of the Hebrews in the back of the pack get wind that Pharaoh's coming. And... So they began to panic. What are you doing, Moses? Here you are. You're bringing us out here. And now Pharaoh's fixing to kill us. Pharaoh and his army, they're hot on our trail. You know, and I can imagine someone saying, Yeah, I thought you were crazy. I should have never listened to you. They were wanting to be back in slavery again. God had just delivered them after they cried and they begged for God to come and deliver them. Then they weren't happy with being delivered. They wanted to go back into slavery. And so the Lord tells Moses, stretch forth that rod. And the waters begin to part. 
And so they walked across on dry ground. And I'm telling you, I've heard uh, many people talk about this. And it is just phenomenal at what God did at the, at the length and all the things that God did in the walls of the water. And just the things that happened. It was, it was definitely God. And so they find themselves crossing over on dry ground. Well, here comes Pharaoh. Pharaoh's coming hot on their trail. And all of a sudden, I don't know if he thought God was going to hold the water back for him or not. But he was mistaken. And all of a sudden, the water closes in on them. And they drown. Can I tell you something? That when God brings you out of some place, and God prepares the way, and God walk, allows you to walk across on dry ground, He is not going to allow your enemy to come in and defeat you. He is not going to allow your enemy to walk across on dry ground when He has delivered you out. He's not going to allow your enemy to kill you if he's delivered you. The only way the, the Hebrews could have been killed is if they turned around and went back and faced Pharaoh face to face. But as long as they were going forward and obeying God and Pharaoh was uh, behind them, then he could not catch them and kill them because God would not allow it. I'm telling you that there is a God that is alive and well and he is telling you tonight that you may be walking across on dry ground and your problem may be behind you and it may look like it's fixing to get the best of you. But God is fixing to close the water down on your problem and he's going to see you through it. I'm telling you there's no sin too big that God cannot deliver you from. There's no problem too big that God cannot see you through it. There is a deliverer. I just want to bring it down to, and I'm going to close here in just a minute, but I want to bring it down to now day. Let me bring it to you. You say, well, that's in the Old Testament. Let me bring it to the New Testament. The Bible says in John 1 and 1 that the Word was made, uh, the Word, oh, Hallelujah. In the beginning was the Word. Thank you. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Bible says in 1 John, 14, uh, 1 John 1 and 14 that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. God robed Himself in flesh and dwelt among us. He came to be a deliverer. He came so that he could, he suffered persecution. He suffered, uh, suffered mockery. He suffered the things uh, that we suffer today. And he said that you can make it. I made it. He went to the cross. He shed his blood for you and I so that you and I could be saved, so that you and I can be delivered. And so that in 2011, that people that come in here that are downtrodden, uh, that are, that are hurting and that are wounded, uh, and that they feel like there's no hope, uh, that we can tell them that there is still a God who is alive and well. There is still Still a God. There is still a deliverer. There is still a deliverer in 2011. I'm telling you tonight that there is no problem. There's no situation or circumstance that we cannot be brought out of because there is a deliverer. The Bible says that he bore our transgression. The, uh, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. I'm telling you, he went to the cross and he shed his blood. He stretched forth his hands and they pierced his, they pierced his hands. They put the, thro the thorns on his head and he, and he suffered. He suffered so that you and I can be delivered. Their sins. That would try to, I'll tell you, when you repent, what you're simply doing is you're saying, okay, God, here's my sin. 
This is the way I see it. And if, if, if I'm wrong, pastor can correct me and he can tell me a better way. Uh, or the way it's supposed to be. But I, the way I look at it is you're telling God, here's my sin, Lord. But if, you can't just repent. Because if you repent, you can go back and get your sin. Because it's not buried. If you repent your life, you can go back because you have no strength and no stability of keeping you from your sin. You can go back to where you came from. But when you're baptized, just as the Egyptians were buried and and they, they were killed by the water, your sins are buried. To, know, to never be remembered again. But it doesn't stop there. When you receive the Holy Ghost, it keeps you from wanting to go back and dig up your buried sin. When you repent, you can go back and get it. But when, when it's buried, you can get your shovel back out and dig it back up. You can. God doesn't remember it. But you can go back and dig it back up. But when you receive the Holy Ghost, it gives you power to overcome your sin. And it gives you power to overcome any sin that tries to encounter you on your walk with God. I'm telling you that when God sent the Holy Ghost, He sent you a deliverer. He sent you a th- something that, that lives inside of you. That when you encounter a problem, that you can be delivered outside of that problem. Because you have got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. We are a delivered people. We are a different people. We are a peculiar people. Peculiar people. We're set apart. We're set out because the deliverer has visited our house. The deliverer has set us free. The deliverer said, hey, I see them crying out. I see their hurt and their pain. And I'm going to go down and I'm going to meet them. And I'm going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. And we have been delivered. But it's not meant for us to stay. Just us be delivered. But it's meant for us to go out and to reach out to those that are lost and are still bound. And compel them and tell them about the deliverer that set us free. I'm telling you tonight that the deliverer is still alive. And this deliverer is still on the throne. And the deliverer is still setting free. Amen. I'm thankful for deliverance. Stand with me tonight. I know it's been slow and I, I just... But I felt to tell you tonight that there is still a deliverer. We're not a bound people. It's never meant for us to be bound by oppression. It's never meant for the people of God to be bound by depression. It's never meant for us to be bound by worry. It's never meant for us to be bound by things and cares of this life because we have a deliverer. We can be set free. You say, but preacher, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost for 40 years. That doesn't matter. There's weights of life that can easily attach itself to you. If you're not careful. But tonight, God has come to tell you that there is deliverance for your situation. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you faced today or what you faced yesterday or what you faced this week before church. I don't know. God hasn't told me what you faced and He probably won't. But I know that God, the Lord spoke to me to tell you that there is deliverance. There is deliverance. There is hope. For a people of God. 
who are hungry, who want revival, there is deliverance for them. There's deliverance for somebody who said, God, I don't just want to stay in my same, my same state. I don't want to just stay where I'm at, but God, I want to progress. I want to go forward. And there is deliverance for you. There's times in life where I face battles and I have to look to God and I have to say, God, I need you to deliver me from this situation. From this battle that I'm going through. From this, this war that's waging in my mind. You know, the, devil, the, the first thing the devil begins to attack is your mind. If the devil can ever get you to thinking that you're a nobody and you're a failure, he's got you. He has you defeated. Because when your mind begins to tell you that you're a nobody, then you begin to believe it. Then you begin to act on it. And when you begin to act on it, well, then it's just a downhill slide from there. But you have to guard your mind. But if you're tonight, you're here and, you're, and your mind is, is, is clogged and it's, it's, it's blurry... And it's fogged up and you just, you just don't understand what's going on in your life. The deliverer's here. Don't, don't go home tonight with, with, with the cares of life on your mind. Don't go home tonight with the cares of life on your shoulders. Because eventually you're going to find yourself at a place you don't want to be. But the deliverer's here tonight to set you free. Don't be ashamed. If you've got a need, come to God. Let Him deliver you. Let Him set you free. So that one day you can be a help to someone else who needs deliverance. Come to the music tonight. I, I believe that there's someone here tonight that needs to be, that needs to, that needs, needs to meet the deliverer. You need to talk to the deliverer tonight. Don't go home with the cares of life on your shoulders. Don't go home with, with things clotting your mind. With the devil defeating you in your mind. But come to God tonight and let God take it. Let God begin to do a new work. Let God begin to lift you up tonight. Is there anybody that wants to come? Why don't we all come? I, I, I don't like just pinpointing one out. Why don't we just all come tonight? And just, maybe you don't have a problem, but... Get with a brother or a sister. You don't know what they may be going through. You don't know what they may be facing. Pray with them tonight. Because there is a deliverer. And it's not meant for us to be bound tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Hallelujah.